It's unnecessary roughness. I mean, he played the whole game basically last week. Again, next week's next week. We'll figure out exactly what we need to do based on some of the competition that we're looking at and some of the things we really want to see prior to the regular season beginning. But, you know, we got three practices this week. We got a preseason game. Got three practices the following week. So kind of looking at it in totality. But there's a lot of decisions and conversations to be had internally about what we're going to do and how we're going to use this final preseason game coming up in Dallas. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. One day closer to the third and final preseason game as that'll come up on Saturday as the uh, the Cowboys will be hosting the Raiders. And, of course, JT the Brick will be on the call along with Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen as they've done the first two preseason games. I'll do the pre- and the post-game show. I'll do that live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Very excited about that opportunity, again, that we have this preseason. But just uh, knowing that you're getting closer and closer to the final preseason game, knowing and knowing that they're getting closer to that August 29th date where the Raiders have to cut down their roster from where it's at right now. And technically, it's at 91. They've got to cut it down to 53. They've got to set the practice squad. They've got to do everything that they're going to do to get prepared for the upcoming season. And, of course, the first game of the week against the Denver Broncos. So uh, it'll be here sooner rather than later. I know I'll say that a few times throughout the course of this training camp and preseason, but it just seems like every week continues to fly by. I remember when we were just talking about OTAs. Then we were talking about mandatory minicamp. Then there was nothing. Right? We weren't talking about any kind of activity. Then all of a sudden, man, training camp's opening up. This is great. And now it's like the preseason is about to get wrapped up, not only for the Raiders, but across the whole league. So, of course, we'll continue to count down the days to this final game. I'll obviously, talk about it throughout the course of the week of what you want to see in the final game versus Dallas Cowboys. But we have about one more day to look back and think about preseason game number two versus the Rams and comment on where different people's thoughts and feelings are on the team right now. We've got a lot of that to do coming up on today's show, and then tomorrow we'll start to turn the page and focus squarely on the Dallas Cowboys that come up on Saturday. So we got some really good guests lined up on the show today, as we do each and every day. Take a lot of pride in the guests that we have on the show. Vic Tafer from The Athletic will join us about 2.15. He'll kick us off for the opening drive. Uh, the reason why he's joining us at 2.15 is because the Raiders actually started practice late today. They got started at 12.30, so I was not a- able to be in attendance. And the players aren't talking to the media until 2.30. So obviously, if you look at the clock, it's 2.02. Can't be there for that either. So we want to make sure we talked to Vic and then got him out of there in time to be able to be in the media session and talk to the players that will be speaking today. And I believe I saw from Jesse Merrick, he said, we're going to be catching up with Michael Mayer, Jerry Tillery, Luke Masterson, and Curtis Bolton after practice. So those will be the guys talking to the, the, the media coming up around 2.30. But we'll get Vic Tafer from The Athletic to get his thoughts on what he's seen through two preseason games for the Silver and Black, what he saw as they got back on the grass today for a little, uh, little bit of practice as they have multiple practices this week before they take off and head to Dallas, head to Arlington for the third and final preseason game. So Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Joins us at 2.15. Of course, we'll ask him about Josh Jacobs, what he's hearing. Is he getting a little bit closer, right? There's a situation now going on with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis where he has been allowed to seek a trade. And Indianapolis said, we want a first-round pick. We want a first-round pick, or we want something equivalent to it. And I'm sorry to say, Jonathan Taylor, fantastic running back, young running back, only 24 years old, but often injured. Matter of fact, he's injured right now. Wants a contract extension, and I don't know if you looked around the league, but nobody, and I mean nobody, is paying running backs. So, as I've said multiple times, and I'm not trying to throw this at anyone, I'm just reiterating a fact that is true. 
The running backs will not get the money that they're looking for. Jonathan Taylor is not going to get the contract he's looking for from the Colts. He's not going to get the contract he's looking for from anyone else. And I would be shocked to the highest amount of, of shock level, <laughs> right? Whatever that even means, I would be shocked to that level if the Colts were able to get anything close to a first-round pick for a running back who, oh, by the way, is banged up right now, a running back who, oh, by the way, wants a big-time contract extension, and, oh, by the way, gets injured quite often. That's one thing I'll say about Josh Jacobs. He ain't like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor gets banged up quite a bit. Christian McCaffrey gets banged up quite a bit, even though he did really well at the 49ers. That guy lived on injury, not on the injury reserve, but on the injury report, right? So the good thing about Josh Jacobs is he's one of those dudes that at least he's very durable, right? I mean, I know he's missed a handful of games throughout the course of his career, but I feel like guys like Jonathan Taylor miss a lot larger chunks of time than a guy like Josh Jacobs. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this scenario plays out in Indianapolis. I really feel it's going to be one of those situations where, yeah, Jonathan, go find a trade partner. We'll be here waiting. And then when that, that, that trade value or whatever a team, like say maybe Miami, maybe Miami's like, you know what, didn't get Dalvin Cook, let's go get Jonathan Taylor. Maybe a team like Dallas, hey, we got Tony Pollard, but you know what, Jonathan Taylor would be great to add to the mix. I'm interested to see what any team would be willing to give. And, oh, by the way, how much are you willing to pay, right? Dallas just released Zeke Elliott because, well, he wasn't the same guy after they gave him a big-time contract. So I don't think they're going to go down that rabbit hole again. You see, they just gave Tony Pollard the franchise tag, and he was happy with that. Miami, I don't know what they're willing to give up, and I don't know what they'd be willing to pay, but that's a location that I could see maybe making a move for him. But outside of that, I just don't see it. And again, it's not because the player's not really good. He is. It's just the position is not appreciated like it once was. And unfortunately for running backs, that's the state of the game in 2023. So Vic Tafer will join us from The Athletic coming up about 2.15. Then every Tuesday we have our good friend John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He'll join us. And, of course, we got to start off with Jonathan Taylor and that situation. We'll start off talking uh, with him about that. We'll scatter shoot across the NFL. And I want to ask him about Aiden O'Connell and not necessarily what he thinks Aiden O'Connell is going to turn into, but the fact that Aiden O'Connell was a fourth-round pick uh, and, and there's and it, kind of similar to the conversation we had with Dane Brugler from The Athletic on uh, yesterday's show where I feel like more of these later round picks are starting to get a lot more attention because they were able to see the success that Brock Purdy has. So these teams are more now starting to take shots like, yeah, you know what's the fourth or fifth round? Let's go ahead and draft that quarterback and see what we got, right? At the worst case scenario, we got a really good backup. Best case scenario, you, you kind of stumble into somebody. Like, I don't think the 49ers thought when they drafted Brock Purdy, the last pick of the draft, they were going to get a franchise quarterback, but they did, right? And so I think a lot more teams are going to say, you know what, we'll take that shot. That fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, it's not the value's not as much as a first or a second round pick, so we'll take a shot with this guy, and if it works out, great. We look like geniuses. If it doesn't, well, that's fine. We have a really good backup. So kind of want to talk to John about that scenario as it you know pertains to Aiden O'Connell and you know, we still don't know what he's going to be. We don't know how much he's even going to play on, on Saturday. Nobody knows what he's going to be. I know there's conversations out there. People are talking about maybe he should be the starter as opposed to the backup. I think the competition with the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell has to do with the backup position. I don't see any competition for the starting job as of right now. Right now, maybe later on in the season, if the Raiders get off to a rough start and you're halfway through or even around the bye week, maybe I can see the Raiders making a move. I don't see any of that happening anytime soon. So we'll just scatter shoot all things NFL as we always do at 3 o'clock with John McClain, Sports Radio 610. And then 4 o'clock, 
Super excited. The Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award is back. That means high school football is back in action, which means when high school football is back in action, this has always been my timeline, then that means college football is back in action. College football gets underway this week, week zero, which let me say this real quick. And I had this debate last night on ESPN Radio while I was doing Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Week zero is the dumbest name for a week. It is not – I mean, what is week zero? It's week one. Is there a game? And this was my argument with uh, Matt Fontana. We were doing the show together last night. I said, Matt, is there a, sh- a game being played? He said, yes. I said, well, then it's not zero. It's one. Well, it's only a handful of games. I said, okay, but there's – Notre Dame is playing this week. you tell me that's a zero? Notre Dame is playing overseas this week. you tell me that? There's multiple ranked games being played this week, but yet they call it week zero. And I know it really means nothing. Who cares what they call it, Q? But it's just one of those things that I've been hung up on for a while. Like, why do they call it week zero? High school football does that too. Week zero. And I never understood that. All the time I cover high school football, I never understood why they call it week zero. But I understand that a lot of teams aren't supposedly don't play, and then they catch up week one, which is technically week two. But – To me, I feel like you're just making things way too complicated. Like I told Matt last night, he actually broke it down, made a whole lot of sense. And I said, dude, you make way too much sense over something that makes no sense. (laughs) Right? You ain't even supposed to be able to have the ability to make sense when something doesn't make sense. But high school football is back. Excited about that. We're going to have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award each and every week like we always do. It's something that I take a lot of pride in, always enjoy having that conversation here. So we got DJ Campbell, Centennial High School. He actually uh, dipped his toes in the NFL for a little while, went to Cal Berkeley playing football. He returns to Centennial, got his first career win as the Centennial coach, and they had a heck of a performance, 41-20 to over a team from California. They went all the way to play King Drew. That's out in uh, Compton, California. They went out there, and, uh, well, actually they came here, but that's where that team is from. Uh, they, they came here to the Las Vegas area, and, uh, and Centennial won 41-20. to 20. So we'll talk with DJ Campbell from Centennial High School, the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. You'll get his conversation coming up at 4 o'clock today. We'll also have Reason or Excuse at about 4.30. We'll hear from multiple people, multiple people who are starting to really start to believe in what the Raiders are doing. Rich Gannon, former Raider MVP quarterback, I don't think it's a big shock that he's starting to understand what the plan is and what the Raiders are doing and starting to uh, believe in a little bit of what they're doing. And matter of fact, talking about the fact that they could actually double the wins that they had last season. Well, they had six wins last season, so that would be six. But then Colin Cowherd, also the herd, right? He's a guy that's very critical of the Raiders. He's a guy that's been very critical of the Raiders for years to come and, and, and has for years past. But he's starting to all of a sudden – turned the corner a little bit as well. He's talking about the Raiders have uh, checked all the boxes to be a team that could win 10 to 12 games, and that is completely different than what he said just a few weeks ago. And I know a lot of people will say, yeah, but Cowherd, he changes what he says all the time. He does change what he says, but he always tells you he has the right to change his opinion. Like, okay, this is what I believe right now, but if I see further evidence, I will have no problem going back. And as much as I'm not a huge Cowherd fan – I do respect that element. Like, as long as you have the, the, the you know, respect of whatever and you have the ability to go back and say, look, I was wrong, and this is what I think about this team now, I'm good with that. It's just the ones that say something and then act like they never said nothing and walk away and nothing to see here. That's, <laughs> that's the ones that I can't stand. So 
You'll hear from him as well. You'll hear from Rich Gannon and more. Plus, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200, the Don't Be Broke.com, text sign 69187, keyword r I'm going to go ahead and throw the question out there to you right now. We got Vic Tafer coming up for the opening drive, but I want to throw that question out to you right now so you can simmer on it, you can think about it. I like to bring a question to the show each and every day. Do you see a scenario where the Raiders end up being a lot better? Their record is a lot better than what most people, especially on the outside of Raider Nation, expect. Are you starting to believe or are you still proceeding with caution when it comes to this team for the 2023 season? We'd love to hear from you again, 69187, keyword r And when we don't have a guest, you can hit us up at 702 702- 365-9200. Do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect? Are you starting to believe or are you still kind of proceeding with caution? Let us know about it. 69187, keyword r We're about to uh, go to Vic. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, let us know when we have Vic. We'll get into the opening drive. Let me go ahead and hit a couple of the texts real quick. Uh, Raider Susan said uh, during the Rams game, it said Raider Image was sold out of the Ninth Island, so I ordered them online for me and my husband. Oh, she's talking about those uh, – those uh those T-shirts that the Raiders are putting out to to benefit everyone uh, in Lahaina and Maui that has to deal with the fires. I remember talking about that on the pregame show, and uh, yeah, that's really cool that the Raiders are doing that. I'll actually get you a little bit more information on that later on in the show. Uh, also got a text from Ty in Missouri Q. Congratulations, congratulations on the ESPN gig. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I was cur- curious if that would affect this show or time slot going forward. As Ty in Missouri, no, that is just in addition to nothing changes here. Not the changes here at all. So uh, thank you, Ty, for that text. I do appreciate you. But continue to give us that feedback at 69187, keyword R&R, and 702-365-9200. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. And kicking us off with the opening drive here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 is our good friend Vic Tafer from The Athletic. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. I know you're out at practice today, and you're going to be speaking with some of the players in just a little bit. Want to get your thoughts on Josh Jacobs, right? There's some reports, some, kind of some conflicting reports that things have changed with his status, and he may be reporting soon. Uh, what have you hearing? What's the latest and the greatest when it comes to J.J.? Uh, what I've heard is that uh, nothing's really changed. I think uh, you know there's a good chance. I think he might be there uh, before the first game of the year, but nothing's changed as far as him being uh, happier or like them getting closer to a deal. So nothing's moving that front. But I just think at some point, you know, the question is, can he walk away from 10.1 million dollars? You know, the franchise tag. I think the answer is going to be no. But you never know. I don't want to speak for Josh. He hasn't said anything. So, um, but uh, what I'm hearing is nothing's changed as far as the negotiations or him being here anytime sooner. You know, as far as him showing up, and I, I kind of had that gut feeling that he's going to show up sooner rather than later um, as well. You know, I don't know when that means, but when do you think he needs to be in camp just to be ready for week one? I think he can come kind of last minute. I think he's in great shape. That's why I've, I've heard and seen pictures and videos and talking to those people, but uh, I think he's in great shape. I think, obviously, you know, football rust will be there, but uh, I think he can get rid of that pretty quickly. So, um, I mean, I think... Ideally, like maybe three or four practices, but uh, even then, I wouldn't put it past Josh to show up and carry the ball 20 times. Do you think that the Jonathan Taylor situation going on in Indy impacts this situation with Josh Jacobs at all? Not really. I don't think he's going to find the trademark. I mean, I don't know who's training for running backs, let alone who's going to give up a first-round pick. I mean, I think, you know, it's just uh, it's an unfortunate thing where running backs, you know, the good ones, the really good ones are in the league right now, but I'm not sure there's any answers as far as trades or where to redo the contracts in the future. I think it's kind of a uh, – 
it just sucks. I mean, they've they been proven that you can plug guys in who aren't making very much, but they do okay. So it's not really um, imperative if you're a team to sign a guy to a long-term huge deal. So uh, Josh was great. Led the league in rushing last year, but I'm not sure what that means as far as his future financial security. Yeah, no, it does. And I was saying the same thing. I don't see anybody giving up a first for a running back these days. And on top of that, you got to give Jonathan Taylor a big contract because that's exactly what he's looking for. Again, Vic Tafer from The Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So you've seen Zamir White in practice and also through two preseason games. Is he a guy that you feel like would be a good complement to Josh Jacobs, like a one-two, uh, one-two punch, a little one-two case scenario in the backfield? Yeah, I thought he was better in the second game. I think mean, he brought books and tackles. I think he's definitely a power guy. I think um, uh, he's probably one of those guys, the more carries he gets, the better he is. kind of wears on people. That's kind of his running style. So I think he has a bright future. I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy once Josh is gone. But definitely I think he can be a guy who can spell Josh and let Josh kind of ease into him whenever he's back. What did you see from Jimmy G in his one drive that he had against the Rams? And was that enough for the, the preseason for Jimmy? Yeah, it was enough. I mean, he got you know some rust off. He had a touchdown drive. It was four four, and they weren't like great, you know, beautiful passes. But they got they got there. I mean, the completions was all accounts. So I think for him, yeah, it's good confidence booster for him in terms of the you know his guys and the camaraderie and getting guys on the same page. So I think mission accomplished. He got out there. He played okay, pretty well. Got a touchdown drive. So I think he's ready for the season. Let's go. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's all we care about is getting to the beginning of the season. Do you think that Josh McDaniels kind of put him out there this year as opposed to what we saw last year when none of the starters played just because he kind of learned from that? Yeah, I think Josh has mentioned a few times how he's learned from last year's mistakes to him and the whole staff and maybe some of the players as well. So I think there were some hiccups last year when the first game came around. And I think that the team hadn't played together on the field at all in the preseason, I think was a, maybe a, been a factor. So I think you learn from that and, you get out there, and it's good to get in the whole pregame you know, mode and warm-ups and game planning and have a drive, and I think that's all good. You kind of get your feet wet. So, I think, yeah, lesson learned. I think they're uh, hopefully they're better for it this year. Vic Tafer is our guest here for The Athletic on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, you have out in The Athletic right now about the competition at quarterback, and before anyone flips out and thinks you're talking about Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell, you're talking about Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer. What's the, what's the chances, in your opinion, that Aiden O'Connell is the number two guy going into the season? That's a great question. I have, I really have no idea how to read Josh McDaniels' mind at this point. I think, you know, obviously he's played better than Brian Hoyer has this preseason, but I'm not sure, like, if you're Hoyer, you had to come out and really prove yourself and they know what you can do. And he knows the system very well. So I can still see where Hoyer's number two for a while and start the season because he has the experience in terms of the system. And then again, if you keep O'Connell, then would you have to keep three quarterbacks. You really need three guys if you're young guys number two. So a lot of questions. I don't really know what Josh is going to do, but. I think he's probably happy with either either scenario. Do you feel like the Raiders should be pretty confident, though, if if Jimmy were to go down, that Aiden could come in and at least, you know, not not just completely, you know, crap the bed, be able to just, you know, hold his own? Yeah, I guess they're confident he won't crap the bed, I and mean, that's kind of a low bar. I mean, hopefully he does <laughs> not crap the bed. But, um, you know, it's funny because everyone's going crazy with O'Connell's staff. He's played well. He's looked good. But right. probably similar stats to Nathan Pierman a couple of years ago, and Pierman played, played every snap, so – Let's not go too crazy, but he looks, he looks, he looks poised. He looks accurate. Those are the things you want. Uh, he can throw the ball a little bit, have a deep ball a couple times. So I think he's, he's checked all the boxes you want to see for a young guy. But obviously it's a different animal once he gets to the regular season. So I don't know how he would fare in a real game, but ideally we won't find out. Ideally Jimmy G is kind of due for a healthy year. Maybe, maybe this is it. 
Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And I'm trying to slow down the Aiden O'Connell hype train just a little bit, but it's hard. It's hard. Raider Nation is excited by what they've seen through two games with Aiden O'Connell. So, Vic, there's a lot of competition at multiple spots, like cornerback, wide receiver. I think the O-line has some good competition there as well. Where are you looking at as kind of the most important position to really step up this week as they're heading into the final preseason game? Well, I think there's some good battles still at the offensive line. you got the other red guard spot and the right tackle spot. There's Ox Myers, and they go from being a starter to mapping on the roster. And that's a question all of a sudden. I think uh, there's a lot of questions about what are you going to do at certain positions. Like running back, you're going to see five guys. Receiver, six receivers, like all these former Patriots, so they have spots locked up, and that will impact other positions on the roster. So I think there's a lot to be. I'm guessing like eight, nine jobs are open on the roster right now, so that's a lot. I think definitely reason for guys to come in and play hard and then be focused. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt. It's going to be interesting how they play in this game, and then obviously they got practice next week before that uh that date, the eight, the August 29th date to cut down the roster to 53 men. Vic, before we let you go, I want to ask you about any rookies. Is there any rookie outside of maybe Aiden O'Connell that's really kind of uh, caught your attention, and you think that the Raiders got something with them? It's a good question. Uh, Trey Tucker has looked good at times, he's looked bad at times, but I right. think just the uh, the weaponry there, the fact that you can use them on the you know, the little screens, you can use them on the uh, the jet sweeps, you see the speed, and I think ideally the hands will get better. Maybe he's all these nervous. We haven't talked to him at all. Maybe I think there's one point in the game where he's using a visor and he wasn't using a visor. Maybe the visor was bugging him. But I just, in terms of the, the raw ability to get open and the speed and the skills that you see, I think he's a good piece. Final question for you, and I have to ask about the defense. Is there any signs that you're seeing, or are you seeing enough signs from what you've seen in practice and training camp uh, and, and preseason as well, that they're going to be better than they were and really be able to complement the offense? Yeah, I think, I mean, going into camp, I mean, my big thing was if the D-line can improve. They brought in Terry Wilson, Charlie Jones, you know, lost some weight. They got some Malcolm Coons in a big bounce-back camp. So the D-line can have a good rotation to generate pressure. It makes everything easier for the guys behind them. I'm not sure what they have at linebacker in secondary yet. I mean, maybe it makes some improvements in secondary, but I'm not sure. But that D-line is a lot better than everyone else's job is easier. I think so far, all indications are the D-line is better. You know, Chandler Jones, I don't think he's practiced since me and you were standing next to each other during 49ers joint practice. Is there any update on Chandler? No, Josh is not talking today. Maybe I think he might talk tomorrow, so we'll ask him. But I'm not sure if there was an update. But, yeah, I haven't heard anything as far as him uh, – his health condition, so obviously, hopefully, he's, he's okay. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, well, that's interesting. All right, well, Vic, uh, thanks so much. What do you got coming out that we should be able to look out for? All right, a couple things. I went down to Costa Mesa last week, hung out with uh, Derek Carr and Khalil Mack. I think that story's finally going to hit tomorrow morning. Uh, just kind of catching up with some old uh, Raiders uh, legends, I guess. And then uh, we got a big D-line thing coming in a couple days. Those are my two things coming up. All right, well, we'll be on the lookout, man. Good job, as always. We definitely appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right, bud. Take care. All right, my man, there he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Got to get him out in time just so he can go back and uh, talk to the players that are going to be in attendance there in the, the media room. Uh, I believe that they're going to be talking with uh, Michael Mayer, rookie tight end, Jerry Tillery, Luke Masterson, and Curtis Bolton. And I'll tell you right now, at one point I'd say, yeah, I'm probably not real high on talking to C Curtis Bolton, but, man, the way he played on Saturday, the way he was flying around that, that field along with Drake Thomas, I thought they did really good jobs from the linebacker position. Luke Masterson is a guy that they expect a lot from. This upcoming year, so I mean that could be something, and I think Jerry Tillery could be oh, that sneaky good guy that nobody's really talking about. We've talked about him a few weeks ago, and of course Michael Mayer has got a lot of expectations as being tight end number one, second round draft pick. So there's some things to like about this Raiders roster. I know everyone's not real uh, super high on the roster right now, or super high even on this team, but 
I do believe if they start to put some things together, man, I think there'll be a lot of uh, happy fans in, in Raider Nation. I really do. I just I think it's a good thing that they're kind of flying on the radar and nobody's giving them any kind of opportunity to go and do something. I, I mentioned it before when I was doing that locked on um, divisional crossover or ultimate division crossover, whatever they call it. Like everyone, and I mean everyone, was just crapping on the Raiders, and I was like, that's cool. I go on and do it. <laughs> like I, they, I don't know if they thought I was gonna fight it. I was like, I'm cool. Go, hey, that's all right. It's all good. Like, hey, they, they, they might not be a very good team. You, you could be absolutely right, and they might be really good. And then you guys will remember how quick to say, oh, that team stinks. Oh, the Broncos are gonna be great. Oh, the Chargers are gonna win the division. Oh no, you know it's the Chiefs. It's no doubt. Cool. I was like, just go on and let it go. Gone. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. So many thanks to Vic Tafer. We definitely appreciate. Him, and we do want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 69187, keyword R&R, also 702-365-9200. Do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect? Are you starting to believe, or are you still proceeding with caution? Got a couple texts, and we'll take a break. Uh, this one's from Brad and Concord. I definitely see a scenario where this team can end up with a much better record than last time. Playoff chances, I think, are tougher simply because of the division we're in, but I feel the roster is much improved, and it sounds like there's been more of a teamwork and flying around on the field mindset. Always transfers to an improved season. That said, I still have a level of unsureness that won't go away solely because of having the rug yanked out from under us for so long, even after a good look like we've been seeing so far. That's Brad and Concord right there. And I, I say it all the time that that's fair, right? Until, until it's actually proven, until you see it happen, right, it's, it's very it's, – it's fair to be, you know, a little bit nervous and proceed with caution. And, and that's, you know, similar to what I'm doing. I'm, I actually am trying not to – get too pumped up. And it's like, even when I'm at practice and I see them making plays, I'm like, should I be excited about this? Or should I just kind of say, ah, yeah, it's only preseason. <laughs> right? And when I see Aiden O'Connell, should I get excited about that? Or should I just say it's only preseason? And it's funny, and I've said this story before, when I was in Central Texas covering the Cowboys and they drafted Dak Prescott in the fourth round, they didn't mean to Dak, grab Dak. They wanted Paxton Lynch. The Broncos took him. They wanted Connor Cook. The Raiders traded up to get him. So they're like, well, we need a quarterback. All right, we'll get this guy out of Mississippi State, this Dak guy. He was a fourth-round compensatory pick, right? I mean, literally, he was one of those guys that they probably didn't think they were going to get much of. I remember doing radio the next day. and was like, oh, he's probably Tim Tebow at best, right? I mean, that was the conversation. I'm telling you, in, in Texas, in Cowboys country, <laughs> right, they were saying that Dak Prescott was going to be very Tim Tebow-like. Then all of a sudden, Kellen Moore gets hurt. No, Tony Romo got hurt first. Then Kellen Moore got hurt. Then all of a sudden, Dak got thrown into the mix, and it's like, well, this guy's okay. And I said, yeah, it's only preseason, man. He, it's, don't, don't. He's, he's just, he's a fourth-round pick. It's preseason. He ain't going to be worth the salt. Then he played a little bit better. It's like, again, it's preseason. Don't take too much out of it. And people started calling, like, Q, I believe this guy. I think this Dak could be pretty good. He ain't going to be injured like Tony. And Kellen Moore has never been that good. And then all of a sudden, he ended up becoming the franchise quarterback, right? I mean, he ended up playing so well his rookie year that Tony Romo, they, they basically threw him in the mix just for kind of charity, and then he was gone after that. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I keep thinking back to that scenario because everyone kept telling me, I think this, that guy got something, and I kept saying, nah, it's just preseason. So we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r, &R. Do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect, and are you starting to believe or still proceeding with caution as far as this team goes. Rich Gannon, he has his thoughts on that. You'll hear it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Horstead in at tight ends and Sam McCormick in the backfield. O'Connell looking for a deep shot down the middle of the field. It is caught at the 15-yard line. Cole, great reception over the middle. That was Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker over the middle. Caught that play, EA, and again, he was open deep. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You heard JT on the call right there. Trey Tucker catch. Nice deep uh, one first down shot versus the Rams. That was on Saturday. Really good stuff right there. And Trey Tucker, he's one of those that he makes some great plays. You're like, man, that was fantastic. Then all of a sudden he puts the ball on the ground. You're like, man, you got to get that ball. So he's got to improve his consistency. But I think you see he's got a little something, something there. And you can understand why they drafted him to be able to be that guy that takes the top off the defense and uses that speed as a weapon on the Raiders' offense. So I do enjoy what I'm seeing from Trey Tucker. I just like to see him be a little bit more consistent. I threw the question out there on the dobebroke.com text line, the phone line as well, 702-365-9200, and the text line is 69187, keyword r Do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect? Are you starting to believe in this team, or are you still proceeding with caution? My man Mike, who has not been a fan from day one, he has not been a fan of the staff, he has not been a fan of the direction that they're going, but he's been steady He's been steady Eddie when it comes to being that same guy and having that same energy from day one. He tweeted in and said, I've been quietly following along the last couple of weeks and letting the pro McDaniels crowd have their moment. I'm still convinced we'll be a five to six win team. And when it's all said and done on a side note, I'm happy to hear your new gig won't affect this program. That's from my guy, Mike. And like I said, I always just say be fair. And he's been fair. He's been the same since day one. So. Uh, everyone's hoping that Mike is absolutely wrong. <laughs> and I'm sure Mike is hoping that he's absolutely wrong as he's predicted the Raiders to have a five or six win season. Well, there's one guy that played for the Silver and Black. There's one guy who was the MVP for the Silver and Black. That's Rich Gannon. He is starting to believe that this team could make some noise this year. I am cautiously optimistic about my Raiders in 2023, and here's why. I had a great sit-down conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo on Saturday afternoon. I just think there's a certain comfort level with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a history with Josh McDaniels from their time together. He is a different player than when he left New England. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have a special season. Devontae Adams is terrific. Michael Mayer, the young tight end, I think he's got a chance to be a special player. I think the key is, can they get Josh Jacobs back? If they can get him in here in the next week or so and get him up and running, I think the Raiders can be pretty special on offense. The, the biggest concern, obviously, with the Raiders is where are they going to be defensively? I think they've improved at all three levels of their defense. But here's the key for the Raiders defensively. Chandler Jones has to play better than he did a year ago. And Tyree Wilson, he looks like he's got a chance to be a pretty special player. If they can get some juice and productivity off the opposite edge from Max Crosby, I think the Raiders can get a whole lot better defensively. And a better Raider defense may mean twice as many wins as we saw a season ago. Twice as many wins would make them a 12-win team. And I'm not saying that they're going to go do that. But if the defense could be better, and I get a little concerned when I realize that Chandler Jones, in my opinion, has not practiced since the second joint practice with the 49ers. I remember when head coach Josh McDaniels, it was announced that he was going to speak on that Friday before the, the 49ers and, and Raiders uh, jo- or preseason game number one on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. 
I remember me and Vic Tafer standing next to each other saying, all right, well, because we didn't expect Josh to talk at all. And we started looking around and said, okay, wait, who's not out here? Saw Hunter wasn't out there. Chandler Jones wasn't out there. And so we thought, well, maybe maybe there's going to be some kind of announcement that we don't know about. Maybe they're going to say that, you know, Josh Jacobs is about to report. Like, we had no idea because it was so unexpected that he was all of a sudden going to speak after practice. And obviously none of that came to fruition. But Chandler Jones has not been out there since then. So I don't know what the injury is or what the reason he's not out there. But you heard Rich Gannon right there say that he's got to play better than he did last year for the Raiders to have a chance defensively. You know what you're going to get from Max. You know he's going to bring it each and every play. But there's got to be somebody on the other side. Malcolm Kuntz has done well. I think in the last, you know, actually the last two preseason games, you've seen he's really, he's really brought it after having a slow start to training camp, in my opinion. I just don't know if he's that guy, right? I just think he's a good rotational piece. They really need Chandler Jones to be that guy. And as I said, I don't know where Chandler Jones has been for the last, I don't know, week and a half or so. And I'm hoping there's an answer to that sooner rather than later. I know we got some very patient folks who want to get in on the Bear Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's start in Oakland. Let's talk to our guy, Rich. Rich, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on? Chilling. Um, so about your question, do I think that the Raiders, you know, could wake some people up? Because everybody's sleeping on us. It's not. I mean, it's not only sleeping on us. It's straight disrespectful because I was on NFL Network yesterday. And then I seen this guy. I forgot what his name was, but he had a start in the season 0-10, Q. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's 0-10. That... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's getting a little bit disrespectful, especially when last year we lost like five, six games when we had the ball in our hand and Derek was driving and couldn't get it done. So those, you know, you, we should have won way more games than six games last year. It just wasn't meant to be. It, it is what it is. It'd be like that. But the law of averages, that's how I'm seeing it. We've been sucking for like 20-plus years. <laughs> last year we went through so much brutal pain for these losses. I know it's just a game, but they ripped our heart out of our chest, Cube. You know what right. I mean? So yep. the law, you feel me, the law of averages says that it's going to end up being in our favor in the future. And hopefully now with these draft picks that Ziegler's doing, you know, like I feel, I feel, I feel a little motion coming, you know, I feel a little action. So we'll, we'll see how, how we do, but I'm really excited about this youngster at, at quarterback, you know, AOC, Akon, whatever we want to call him, you know, it's, he, he just, he be throwing that thing. Don't he Q? He does. He does. He looks good, man. I, I try to tell everyone to be, you know, careful with the expectations from him. But, man, he looks good so far. Yeah, he looks he looks good. And the only problem, the funny thing about it is that a lot of Raider Nation, we wanted a mobile quarterback. Yep. You know, we wanted Mahomes. We wanted Josh Allen. But this guy, he's not – we don't need him to be mobile. He's a, He has great pocket presence ever since college. He had great pocket presence. And I heard that guy that came on uh, Locked On Raiders – did a great job. You're, you're always doing a great job, by the way. Always working, always putting out this content for us daily. And he was on your show, and he talked a lot about him. And you could just see it. He's comfortable in the pocket. He's comfortable when he gets hit. He throws these strikes, and it's like, and he's he's just he just looks like a dog. So hopefully he can work out for us. But going for this season, I have I have very low expectations. But I feel like if Jimmy stays healthy, we could get ten wins. But I'll call you after week one to see how we look, brother. <laughs> All right, appreciate the call, Rich. Good stuff. And you know what? I think having low expectations is okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Because then if they play a lot better than you expect, then all of a sudden you're feeling good. So I'm okay with that. I had high expectations last year. We all know we all were disappointed. So 
I'm okay with being exactly the opposite and not really having – my expectations are kind of just, just there, right? They're not really high expectations. They're not super low. It's, it's more like a wait-and-see type approach, and I'm actually – I'm okay with that. So uh, thank you so much for that call, and, and I look forward to your uh, your call after week one. I'm hoping that whoever said that the Raiders were going to go 0-10 is already wrong after week one. That will be an ideal situation. Got a text from Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. He said, I believe the Raiders will be better than most think. I think we'll have a better run offense under Jimmy G, and I really think our defense will be much better this year. I think the D-line is going to be talked about a lot this season. That's Raider Chavez in the 916. And, uh, that it, look, the defense has got to be better. I think the offense, and we talked about it all offseason, I think the offense is going to be really good. Jimmy G stays healthy, and now I feel like if Aiden O'Connell goes in, he'll probably do okay as well, right? I don't think that he's going to just all of a sudden have just terrible games. I think he'll be able to hold his own. And really, that's all that you can ask him to do is hold his own as a rookie. But I think this offense has an opportunity to be really good. We'll have to wait and see, but I do think it'll be really good. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider Mike. Raider Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Congrats on the mothership. (laughs) Thanks. Anyway, um, what, 68 points in two games. Uh, Akon, young... Mm -hmm. Cheesy, whatever they're calling him now. Um, <laughs> who knows right now? It's preseason. Who cares? Right. But the expectations should be high now from what we're seeing. That's all we can do. Yep. There's nothing more until it's proven when it's it's a real game. It, it really doesn't matter. We were 4-0 last year. Okay? Yep. 4-0 in the preseason. Right. And then it was a dumpster fire. So it looks fantastic, guys. It really does. You got a guy in there coaching us that has six rings on his finger. We're implementing a system. Year two. Year two, guys. That's it. It takes time. It really does. And uh, we are progressing the right direction I think we can make the playoffs I may be an idiot but I don't think so I've watched these Raiders since 1968 I grew up in Oaktown so we've sucked for 21 years and there's nothing we can do about that but look forward we've left that in the rearview mirror it's time to move on nice expectations keep going Let's even go 3-0 against Dallas. What, what we can see after that, we have to wait till it's on the field, too, and you know that. Love your show. Keep going to the mothership and counting Raiders. They got rid of Fitzy. Now, you are Raider Nation on the mothership. Kill <laughs> it, Q. Raiders! I got you, Raider Mike. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, excited about that opportunity. And of course, I'll tell all Raider Nation about it uh, at some point as we get a little bit closer. But just know that everything that I got moving forward is not going to affect anything that I got going on right here on this show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's get one more quick call in. How about Passionate Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What up, Q, man? Uh, man, great great job on your endeavors ahead, man. Keep it up. But, uh, man, I, I'm right there like everyone, man. Another great game. But what I'm liking, again, man, is we're seeing these players from 
first stringers that are playing, the rookies, everyone's playing and everyone's doing it. Everyone's playing, man. These guys are really competing and they're looking good. And and it's only preseason, but but they're looking good, Q. They they really are. Everyone's looking good right now. We understand that 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 Jimmy's going to be there for now, and and you know so be it. But like I've been saying, week by week, game by game, prove it on Sunday, man. Just be competitive, man. Be competitive and win the games we're supposed to win. I wouldn't say last year was a dumpster fire, but it was just a lot of people that weren't on the same page. We get these guys on the same page. Think a lot of things can happen. My biggest concern, Q, is the linebackers. Still, the mm-hmm. linebackers still has always been our weakness for a long time. For some reason, we just don't ever have some dominant linebackers in the past ten years. We need to address that linebackers. So I hope I hope Spillane he looks all right. But the other two, like you said, Malcolm is more of a filling guy, man. I hope we can just maybe if the Jacobs thing don't work out, if he don't come back, now they're talking about Jonathan Taylor to the Chiefs. I mean, I, I don't know what I, I, I don't know, but I think we need to address that linebacker cue. That that's our biggest concern on the defense. The offense looks legit. I played them on Madden last night for the first time, and I mean that team is stacked on defense and offense, minus the linebacker room. So that's just my take on it. Cue week by week, play by play, game by game. Make the plays you're supposed to make. Play together. Let's go get them. Raiders, come on, boys. <laughs> There he goes, passionate Raider right there. And I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I know it's going to sound silly. I used to do the same thing, though. I used to get mad and I used to play. <laughs> I did. That's how I kind of scratched that itch when I knew that the regular season was coming up. I'd go and buy Madden, and then I'd play it all night. And then I'd be like, all right, all right, this is what's going to happen. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely did that all the time. Darren McFadden, he led the league in rushing every single year. I played that stretch play, and, man, McFadden would take it to the house more times than he wouldn't. And all my friends that knew, I know this stretch play is coming. I know Q, that's his, that's his go-to. He's always going to hit that stretch play. It's just question, is he going to go to the right or to the left? And I would always go whatever opposite way they thought I was going. They thought I was going right, your boy went left. They thought I was going left. Your boy went right. <laughs> That's just how it is. So I understand, man, when the when the season's right around the corner, the itch is just there for that football. And so what's the go-to? Madden. I like that from Passionate Raider. And, you know, I want to go back real quick to Raider Mike's call, and then we'll take a break. I want to go back to his call because he said it's year two. This team is building a system. And that was one of my points that I made on the, the Locked On uh, Ultimate Division crossover the, one of the Chiefs guys was like, yeah, Josh McDaniels is going to be fired. He ain't going to be there next year. And I was like, honestly, man, just to, be, just to be real with you, as long as they don't just have a terrible season and it looks like the, you know, the, the team has just lost their way, him and Dave Ziegler are fine. They're going to be fine. Winning games is a fireable offense, Q. Like, he got mad at me. And I was like, look, dog, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a weatherman. I'm just letting you know what's coming, right? I just, I'm letting you know what the weather's coming. If you want to prepare for it, fine. If you don't, that's cool, too. But he really got mad at me because I was actually trying to share some information with him that I know. I know that MD has signed off of these guys and what they're doing. And as long as it, you're seeing what they need to see from them, they're going to be fine because, like Raider Mike said, they're trying to build something. And I know some fans still aren't bored. Like my guy Mike, I know he's not on board. I'm okay with that. He's not on board. But just going back to doing the same old thing, fire, hire, fire, hire, Fire, higher. It's like pressing reset on Madden every time. You can never get through a season if you kept pressing reset. Oh, I'm losing this game. Better press reset. That's what, that's what they've done for years on top of years on top of years. That's why Gruden was given that long-term deal. 
that long-term deal that nobody's ever heard of. How is he going to get a contract like that? Because continuity is important. And, of course, Gruden was Mark Davis's guy. We know that. But there's a reason why these longer deals are in place. Continuity, continuity, continuity. So as long as there is signs of this team is getting better and improving, they're not going anywhere next year. And that was the only thing I tried to express to my guy from Locked On Chiefs, and he got mad at me like I was like the spawn of Satan. And I was like, well, all right, let me go on and shut it on down then. Y'all go, go do you, man. You, you know better than I do. What do I know? Right? What do I know? Go ahead, do, do yourself. And so, uh, yeah, so it, it, let me just tell you, if you happen to watch that episode, it's not going to be a very good one. <laughs> I can tell you, there's a lot of times I do some really good work, and I can admit when some work's not very good, that was very piss poor. And it was because of the whole, I don't know, the whole group put together did not go very well. But things happen. 248 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in Studio Q. That's the home studio that we like to call it. Of course, the show is being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate them. If you want to go check them out, go check out my guy Mordecai. Let them know Q sent you and you'll get hooked up in a major way. You're looking for that special piece of jewelry. They got you and he's got you. Again, check out my man Mordecai. Go to the Jewelers. Dot com. You heard those beats coming back. My man Ari dropped down the roots. Why did he drop some roots on you? Well, because we have concert tickets to go see LL Cool J, The Force Live, The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Salt and Pepper, Ice T, all at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, those are going down. That's going down September second at eight p.m. That's a Saturday night. We'll give those tickets out. I think around 325. Go ahead and put that in your Rolodex. 325 Pacific time. We'll give out tickets to this big-time show going on September 2nd at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. If you want to go ahead and buy them, you can at AXS.com. But I, I got the free hookup for you. You know what I mean? Like, don't buy it. I got the hookup for you. It's on the way. Got a couple texts that I want to get to. Dobybroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r This one's from Snake Man. Raiders will be better if defensive turnovers, red zone efficiency, Avoid injuries at key positions. P.S. Trey Tucker has routinely shown ability to separate after watching Brian Edwards recently. The new number 89 looks like a player. That's from Snake Man. And, yeah, I just wish that you'd see a little bit more consistency from Trey Tucker's hands. And I'm even going back to training camp. I saw him a few times in the indoors put a couple balls on the ground, and he has so much ability. I feel like he might be one of those guys that tries to run before he catches the ball because he's running so fast and he, he understands the situation and that he could really make a big play. But he's got to do the most important job first. That's secure the ball and then go. Because uh, he does have the separation ability. Like you said, he can get after it. He can get down the field in a major, major way. So I'd love to see him uh, implemented into this offense. I do think the saving grace there is that DeAndre Carter is, uh, is, is also a guy that's got some, some wheels. And I, we saw it on, uh, on Saturday against the Rams, how they can implement him into this offense, and it could be pretty special as well. So where I thought that they were battling for one position, it might make sense to hold on to DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker uh, as opposed to moving off from DeAndre and thinking Trey fills that void. Uh, of course, defensive turnovers, we talked about that a lot, and red zone efficiency, we talk about all the time. And I'll tell you, in the game Saturday, just a preseason game, they are pretty efficient in the red zone. And I know that one time they didn't get a touchdown, they had to kick a field goal. That was because Austin Hooper, a veteran in the NFL, had a silly penalty, and that just can't happen. So I didn't even hold that against the Raiders for not cashing in in the end zone. I know some did. I didn't. 
only because, again, that was a stupid penalty by a veteran that knows better than that. So that should have never happened. I think the Raiders have done pretty well. But, again, it's only the preseason, and they've got to be better in the red zone. John McClain joins us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.